three, two, one, zero, 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 zero. From the studios of WORQ in Wisconsin, this is the Stand Up For The Truth podcast. Today's issues, overlooked headlines, and biblical observations, equipping the remnant around the globe. Got your sword handy? This is Stand Up For The Truth. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Mary Danielson and David Fiorazzo will be joined by J.B. Hickson in just a minute. There's going to be an annual teddy bear drive, and there, I'm going to list some locations you can drop off new, not used, but new teddy bears so that they can be given to young children in hospitals, local hospitals. Um, it's the month of April, Grayson's Care Bears, it's called. Uh, he lived four and a half years. He had many hospital stays due to a compromised immune system and cerebral palsy. Um, and it was just wonderful that the family showed up, and at each hospital there was a stuffed animal waiting for him. And that put a smile on his face in his short life. So in remembering Grayson, and there's a Facebook page, by the way, Grayson's Care Bears. Grayson is spelled G-R-A-C-E-N. This is for friends in Wisconsin. Locally, you can drop off a, a teddy bear at a collection box up until April 30th at Pizza Ranch locations in Green Bay. The Dough Shop, also in Green, pa- Green Bay slash De Pere, very close. Dirt Juicery on Oneida Street in Green Bay. Black and White Nails. And Advance America, and there's also a wish list for new teddy bears. You can order them from Amazon, get them real quickly. So go to Grayson's Care Bears, and that's for friends in Green Bay and Northeast Wisconsin. All right, Merritt, we've got J.B. Hickson on the line from Idaho, even though he lives in Colorado. We'll ask him about that. (laughs) Author, conference speaker, pastor of Plum Creek Chapel, and founder of Not By Works Ministries. Welcome back, brother. Good morning. Hey, David and Mary, so great to be with you guys uh, from uh, the great state of Idaho, the conservative end, up here in the panhandle in Coeur d'Alene, beautiful Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Is it, so is it to really uh, politically divided there, or are you just making a joke? Because I don't really know much about the politics of Idaho. Well, I think the whole state's obviously more conservative than most states, but it, like <laughs> any state, the big cities, uh, in this case Boise, down in the southwest uh, side of the State is definitely more liberal than in Coeur d'Alene. Coeur d'Alene's a wonderful place. We've been coming here for about 15 years. Uh, one of my best friends in the world is the pastor of Candlelight Fellowship. It's kind of our church away from church, and I uh, had the privilege of speaking there four times on Sunday. And just uh, great people, love the Lord, conservative, uh, mm. but also uh, very active. You know, they've they've been on the front lines back during the COVID. Uh, pandemic. Uh, they were on Fox News, CNN frequently with mm. their stand that they took against some of the tyranny that was going on back then. Very cool. And of course, the home of the Stealing the Mind conferences mm-hmm. through the years. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I'm uh, I'm sitting here in Bill's uh, office. They, Bill and Susie are very good friends of ours. Love them to death. Been very gracious to us over the years, and so we stay with them when we come up here. And so we. Uh, I, I got up early this morning. I'm in his uh, cozy little den with the fire going, and looking at the tall pines out the window. I feel like I'm at home in our in our uh, you know cabin in the woods. Nice, <laughs> nice. Well, tell Bill hello uh, for us. We're gonna have to get him back on the podcast mm-hmm. as well. Um, JB, uh, this is one of those shows where we've got to get real about what's happening in our country. Uh, the land of the free and the home of the brave, formerly a Christian nation, um, and we we really want to talk about what persecution is 
And what's happening as far as why it's increasing, how it's increasing, and how can Christians respond? Very interesting article over at the Christian Post by William Wolfe. Mary alerted me to this. Uh, Yes, Christians are being persecuted in America, and here's how we can respond, but they define it. Persecution includes hostility and ill treatment, especially because of race, political, or religious beliefs. And so Christians are facing hostility and ill treatment. Just because we don't have our heads being cut off yet in this country or something like that doesn't mean we're not being persecuted. JB, open open us up with your thoughts. Well, yeah, I mean, we may not be uh, cutting off the heads of Christians, but we're shooting nine-year-old innocent Christian children at a Christian school in cold blood. And so, Mm. uh, yeah, I mean, you know, certainly persecution is on the rise. I talk about this in Chapter 12 of uh, Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 2. The the reality is the closer we get to the return of the Lord, David and Mary, the more we're going to see an upsurge in this kind of thing, because obviously it will reach unprecedented heights during the seven-year a tribulation following the rapture when uh, the Antichrist literally hunts down um, believers and Jews during that time to try to kill them. So mm-hmm. I think it's a very serious issue. It, yes, mm-hmm. it's true that for 2,000 years our brothers and sisters in Christ have faced unspeakable martyrdom and persecution in other parts of the world, and so in that sense it's something kind of new for believers here. But mm-hmm. uh, we we are seeing the the uh, the, the that gap between what other Christians in other parts of the world have experienced and what we are and are going to experience here get shorter and shorter. Mm-hmm. And especially uh, now when it seems like you know the media and the mainstream narrative is really turning its uh, mm-hmm. sights on Bible-believing yep. Christians. Yep. Yeah, and I want, I want to put, uh, J.B., a biblical picture here. I want to just put this out here because, uh, Matthew, there's two companion Bible verses here that are really excellent for this morning. One is Matthew 5, 11, and 12, uh, and Jesus reminds his followers, Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil, all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. For great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And then Paul has in Hebrews 10, I think this goes with this beautifully, Hebrews 10, 32 to 34. But remember the former days when after being enlightened, you endured a great conflict of sufferings, partly by being made a public spectacle through insults and distress, and partly by becoming companions with those who were so treated. For you showed sympathy to the prisoners and accepted joyfully the seizure of your property, knowing that you have for yourselves a better and lasting possession. So there are different, I mean, I don't know if we would rejoice. This is a great little exhortation here, yeah, right, David, in the West? I have a hard time thinking about yeah, that. They're taking your house and you're going to just you're gonna receive rejoice. it joyful, joyfully. That's right. But I like this, partly by this and partly by that. And then mm. Jesus also delineates that there are different components to persecution. And it's not just about the lions, you know, digesting yep. the humans. It's, it's, uh, it can be very subtle. And we are there. Yeah, yeah. I mean that Hebrews is a is an absolutely perfect passage for believers to turn to today because mm-hmm. the context there, of course, was uh, the late '60s A.D. when Nero had gone berserk and was beginning to, to behead Christians and burn them at the stake. And so many Jewish Christians, in particular, in that day, were abandoning the the assembling of themselves together. They were mm-hmm. kind of abandoning the church and associating with the church, and they were doing so because it was in their mind that the way they could save their families. And so. The writer uh, comes along and says, look, you need to endure this persecution. Don't give up. Don't cast away your confidence, he says there later in chapter 10, which you just read. 
but to hang on to the faith because it does have great reward. There mm. is an incredible reward for those who persevere in the faith, and uh, and so we need each other now more than ever. This mm-hmm. isn't the time to be fleeing from Christ and from the church. This is the time to be abiding even more strongly in Him. So there's so many directions we could go. We are going to unload a lot of scriptures today, including, of course, Second Timothy 3, indeed, verse 12, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. J.B., I believe, and my understanding of that verse and the translations, all means all who desire to live godly in Christ, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and there's so many passages that you know Jesus uh, tells us about, uh, you know, uh, in the upper room, for example, he promised the disciples, look, you're going to have trouble. And uh, so we need to keep things in perspective. We've been so spoiled, David uh, and Mary, yeah. as yes. believers in this yeah. great country of ours. Yeah. Uh, and yet, uh, you know, now it seems the closer we get to the rapture, but that our time has come. And believers need to, to steal themselves and be ready uh, because uh, we're going to be forced to make some tough decisions mm-hmm. if the Lord carries us home. Well, we are been, we're used to being uh, living in the freest nation on the planet. I mean, I'm saying that is possibly past tense now. But, you know, the First Amendment protection, we've sort of just sailed through with a lot of these things. But then uh, William Wolfe here says um, Christians still face already an increasing persecution here between our shining seas, and we need to recognize this and prepare for it to get worse. And that is absolutely true. Yeah, no doubt, yeah. So the passage that I was referring to from Jesus uh, in the upper room, he says, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. And um, we've never seen so much hate. I mean, this uh, young woman who who turned, uh, you know, the the rifle on these uh, innocent children, it's just just hard to imagine the psychopathy of somebody who would would point a rifle at innocent nine-year-olds. Yes, any kind of child, yes. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's just un- unreal. We're going to get to that in a minute, JB, and that's where we open up the door here as far as the conversation on perversion, the spirit of perversion, which you write about in Chapter 13 in Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 2. But I want to continue in context of that verse you started in John Chapter um, 15. Verse 19 says, if, if you were of the world, the world would love its own, but because you are not of the world... But I chose you out of the world. Because of this, the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you. A slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. Uh, JB, uh, would you like to elaborate on that before we jump into uh, some of what you write in the book? Yeah, you know, I think we need to understand the spiritual battle behind it all. You know, that uh, there is a cosmic struggle between God and Satan. Satan's been trying to usurp God's authority since he got kicked out of heaven. He had a failed coup attempt in heaven, and God rebuffed it and said, get out of here, and he took one-third of the angels with him, and now he set his sights on the earth. And so I think what Jesus is reminding the disciples of there is that, look, I'm going to go away. I'm going to be sitting at the right hand of God in heaven waiting for my time to come when I'll put after God puts all things under my feet. But in the meantime, you need to understand that identifying with me puts a target on your back for our mutual enemy, the devil. And that same thing is true today, 2,000 years later. Um, unfortunately, many Christians have become very complacent, become uh, you know, carnal in their walk. They're not you know, living out their faith vibrantly. Uh, doesn't mean they're not believers, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they, they've trusted in Christ and Him alone for salvation. They're a believer, but you know, the, the challenge here, as Jesus so eloquently says 
in that very chapter at the beginning of John 15, we need to abide. Abide means to remain close to Jesus. Yes. yes. And when you remain close to a target, you're going to get some flack. And uh, if you're not getting flack, you ought to examine your relationship to the Lord and see if you're really abiding mm. close to Him. Mm-hmm. Ooh, what you just said, JB, ouch. I agree with you 100%. <laughs> yeah. But if you're not getting any opposition or resistance mm-hmm. or hate mail or what criticism from anybody, do people know you are a Bible-believing Christian? Wow, yes. Um, and I, this morning I was thinking of a verse in Ephesians 5.15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. So we can go backwards with that. Because the days are evil, redeem the time. Don't be a fool. Be wise and walk a certain way. Uh, be mindful of your behavior. Be on the lookout. You know, we have a great enemy seeking whom he may devour. So, you know, walking circumspectly, uh, how could we maybe define that even a little bit better, JB? I mean, what are some of the ways that we can uh, be alert? What are the, some of the things? And I think that's what we're talking about. What yeah. are, should we be alert for? But Preparing. Yeah, yeah, preparing. Yes. How can we prepare for yeah, this I certain mean, thing? That, that's a great, another great passage there in Ephesians 5 where the, the battle lines are clearly drawn mm-hmm. in, in this cosmic battle. He says, you were once darkness, but now you're light in the world, so walk as children yeah. of the light, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And then he says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, mm. but rather expose them. And see, we're living in a time when Christians are told they're supposed to welcome and embrace and affirm uh, blatant sinful behavior. The Bible says just the opposite. It says, expose them. And uh, in Romans uh, chapter 16, uh, you know, another key verse that that believers overlook, you know, we are told that we are to mark those, Mm -hmm. or literally one translation says, note those who cause divisions and are, are teaching contrary uh, you know, to God's word. And that word note in Greek is the word skapeo, and it literally means to seek out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> seek out. In fact, it's where we get the English word scope. You know, if you have a mm-hmm. scope, uh, you know, they're, they're seeking out what's, what's going on inside your body. They're scoping it, right? So Paul, the Bible says there in Romans uh, 16, Paul says, seek out the, the evil, and not, not just if it crosses your path, be willing to speak out, but actually note those, seek it out, and mm-hmm. make a stand against it. And that is so contrary mm-hmm. to our politically correct you know, culture that says if you say, say anything critical of anyone else, somehow you are hateful and mean and unloving. Um, yeah. Well, i got to tell you, Jesus, by that standard, <laughs> said, and I'm saying this tongue-in-cheek, but he said a lot of, quote, unloving things by that standard. Um, and, of course, he didn't. He is love. But the point is, it, it, the most loving thing people can do sometimes is to speak up for truth. Amen. Um, so, J.B., earlier you alluded to the fact that we've had family in Christ, Christian brothers and sisters, throughout the centuries be persecuted in other countries. So now let's bring it home for those who are still shaking their heads, wondering how on earth did we get here in America where there's so much animosity um, and, and people are caving into this Antichrist spirit of the age, and we are collapsing, as one commentator put it, into a post-Christian oblivion. Um, I'm looking at an article where we forget about these shootings back in 2015. The Umpqua Community College in Oregon, someone came in and they, they um, killed nine people, uh, including a professor, wounded seven others. And one of the things he did was he came into an English class, asked if people were Christians. 
If they answered in the affirmative, he shot them. Because he said, are you a Christian? If they said yes, he said, they said, he said, stand up. They would stand up. He said, good, you're gonna, if you're a Christian, you're gonna go see your God in about a second. And another time, a shooting at a Southern Baptist church in Texas, uh, killing 26 people. There were 26 worshipers from age 5 to 72. So yes, Christians are being targeted. And I want to get your response to how MSNBC and others in the Marxist media in America responded to this tragic shooting targeting a Christian school a week ago, Monday. MSNBC responding to this, they had a man. Of course, we would call this person a transgender. And responding to this shooting, they didn't mention the victims. And under the photo, or under the uh, screen, uh, the caption, it says, the headline, Transgender Americans Under Siege. And you've got a, a transgender person on MSNBC responding to this shooting. JB, your thoughts? Yeah, the White House came right out afterwards, and the press secretary said the trans community is under attack after the national shooting. Wow. I mean, it's like you can't make this stuff up. It's nope. literally exactly what the Bible says is going to happen in the latter times when they're turning truth on its head. A, a, a transgender woman, and let's call her what she is, 28 years old, adult, goes in and attacks and kills in cold blood six people, mm-hmm. and the narrative is that the trans community is under attack. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's beyond absurd. And, and of course, uh, the, you know, Biden had, had been, had been promoting this uh, transgender day of visibility, which they then changed to the trans day of vengeance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, that was, uh, you know, they, they got to get back at, at these Christians, you know, and others who are taking a stand for truth. And, and really it's, it's not even that profound in my mind. I don't know how any thinking rational person can look at the human anatomy and, and somehow mm-hmm. think that you can be transgender just by declaration. But anyway, right. uh, you know, we, we saw protests uh, in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I've been to Murfreesboro. I've stayed there just recently, in fact, on a uh, speaking engagement trip down to Florida. Uh, and they were holding up signs that said, trans girls need guns, which, of wow. course, uh, if, if uh, some listeners may not know, that's, the, that's borrowing the title phrase from a uh, satanic song by a group called Flummox. And, uh, mm. you know, they, 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 the, the, the lyrics to this song, just listen to the lyrics of this song. I can't even repeat all of them, but the ones that I can repeat are disgusting enough. The song goes, Little pig, little pig, let me in. I'm going to make a rug out of your skin. I'm hunting you down like you've done our world. I'm hunting you down like you've done our girls. Mm. This ain't another witch hunt, ain't another lie. We're going to burn down every last pigsty. You heard it here first. You heard it right here. Every dead queer leaves behind a curse. In other words, they, these uh, transgender women need to take up arms, and uh, and trans girls need guns. Wow. Another sign uh, at that protest uh, showed a picture of Jack Nicholson from the uh, Stanley Kubrick movie The Shining, and it had the words Red Rum underneath it, R-E-D-R-U-M, and if you remember mm-hmm. the movie, yeah. uh, that's murder backwards. Yep. Uh, and uh, so here they're calling for murder uh, after a trans woman has just murdered six people it's mm-hmm. just uh, i just it's just really hard to get your hands around and shame on anyone in the so-called media i mean the media state controlled has been for decades mm-hmm. yes the operation mockingbird but yeah. still i mean you got to think there's some thinking people left in the media that 
are just reading the script and reading the teleprompter and, and, and mm-hmm. going along with it. And by the way, if you think JB is uh, exaggerating, we've got the press secretary at the White House podium saying it's still defiant they're saying transgenders are the real victims here go ahead Mary. yes and 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 i'm going to go along with that here in an article by mark hitchcock growing hatred of christians in america an evil signpost on the road to armageddon and this this is across the pond here the daily mail joins in this uh you know despicable chorus here they have an article citing transgender activists as calling this school a right-wing radical religious school but their headline reading, Trans Activists Slam Radical Religious Schools in Response to Nashville Mass Shooting, in which three nine-year-olds were killed. And the article goes on to say, a radical transgender activist group has claimed that the Nashville school shooter was driven to murder six people by an avalanche of anti-trans policies and sentiment, adding hate has consequences. So basically, uh, Mark Hitchcock says here, is excusing these murders by saying this person really had no other option in light of these things that are happening. This is an unparalleled coldness, callousness, and depravity. And uh, he says, Jesus says one of the signs of the times in Matthew 24 would be the hearts of many would grow Mm. cold. But this is a Mm. culture that is um, you know, the hate, the level yes. of hate, and to actually say, well, we had no choice. I can't even comprehend that level of sociopathic, uh, psychotic behavior. Yeah, yeah and, and the hypocrisy is beyond the pale because, you know, again, they're making it all about the shooter here and her resentment right. and what her motivations uh, were. And she planned it months in advance, by the way. That. Oh. Yeah, they, mm. yeah, exactly. They would never do that with, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, some uh, Christian who commits a crime, you know, say some of these uh, abhorrent uh, people who think the answer to stopping abortion is to blow up abortion clinics, which mm-hmm. is sinful, it's, it's hateful, you shouldn't do it. But they don't they don't report that story and say, well, you know, they were just driven by a love for babies and they really, we need to understand them and realize that they just were hurting and so that's why they did it. Oh, no, they mm-hmm. you know, villainized them. And so it's just classic example of, of making of excusing sin, making the the offender the victim, and and of course in this case it's particularly egregious because it's you know it's our brothers and sisters in Christ that are being ignored uh, when they in fact are the ones suffering. And friends, we need to remind you that um, we've got to be ready to be able to respond. We don't hate in return, right? We 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 do the hard thing. One of the most radical teachings uh, is love your enemies and uh, pray for those who persecute you. That These are some of the most radical teachings from the heart of God through Jesus Christ. And, uh, JB, we've got to remember that um, uh, this has been gradually happening in our culture, this unleashing of the, the these perversions, these agendas, this discrim- discrimination against Christian, Christians. It started decades ago, and now we, we forget how under the Obama administration, for example, uh, the Department of Health and Human Services relentlessly pers- persecuted. Um, remember Little Sisters of the Poor over their religious beliefs about abortion and providing abortifacient contraceptives? It took a decade for them to finally get um, a win in the Supreme Court. Also, Jack Phillips, the baker, hello, Baronel Stutzman, the florist, who was forced into retirement because she was sued. Also, Coach Joe Kennedy, who was fired. Seven-year battle. Finally, the Supreme Court gives him a partial ruling. He's back on the job after seven years. So legally, we might call this discrimination, but as one article says, make no mistake, it is persecution against Christians because of their faith in Jesus Christ as king 
and their refusal to compromise on the basic teachings of the Bible. JB? Yeah, and, and where are the Christians that are, that are angry about this? You know, there's, it's, it's okay to be angry. The normal, natural response to something like this is righteous anger. I mean, Jesus uh, was, was angry when he overturned the tables of the money changers and when he called the scribes and Pharisees, you know, hypocrites and blind guides and yeah. whitewashed tombs and, you know, uh, made a whip of cords even and drove them out. So you can be angry without being hateful. And unfortunately, we've been so dumbed down and, and mind-controlled through 120 years of compulsory government schooling that yeah. most Christians just don't even have the natural, normal response, which is to to speak out. Now, some are. Obviously, you guys are on the front line speaking out. My friend Mark Hitchcock wrote a great article on Harbinger where he's talking about it. Uh, we've been talking about it at Not Works. But by and large, the Christian community is afraid to speak mm. out because they've been told so many times when you take a stand that you're hateful, and that's just not true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, also in this article that David's been reading from, he says, don't let progressives gaslight you. So now we're talking about the apostate arm of the church, um, and it says here, despite what loud, deconstructed ex-evangelicals, also known as apostates, might say, it's not Christians who are making it hard for other Christians in America. Such was the line from Dante Stewart, former author at the Gospel Coalition, who now defends abortion as reproductive rights. He tried to claim just this past Sunday that if anyone's making it hard to be a Christian in America, it's other Christians. So now people are biting and devouring one another because, um, you know, the remnant church, the ones that hold fast to the Bible as the authoritative word of God for all time mm. and in all cultures are saying, no, transgenderism is wrong. You know, all of this uh, gender nonsense, and of course, the bo- baseline homosexual lifestyle is wrong. So now you've got the progressives are gaslighting the Christians by saying, "How dare you speak out against these things?" Um, because now you're the hateful one, and so the church can't even decide. And I use that term "church" loosely in this mm-hmm. case. Yes. But even the church can't decide, um, and some are still calling good evil and evil good. So now you have enemies within the church itself. Can you uh, tell us a little bit more about how you think that that? is going with progressive versus the conservative Christianity. Two minutes, JB, two minutes. Yeah, so, I mean, that's what we're going through on our Tuesday night prophecy night. Mm. We just had part 10 uh, today, actually. It was posted last night because we're not able to be it live since I'm on the road. But I've been doing a, a, a mini-series within that on apostasy and how the growing tide of apostasy is a sign of the times. Mm. The closer we get to Christ's return, the more we're going to see you know, Christians uh, backing away from the faith. And Certainly the church today, David, you and I have talked about this before. Yes. My my dead reckoning is maybe maybe there's 5% of churches in America today that are still standing firm on biblical wow. truth. Some people would say that's an exaggeration, but I, I just that's <laughs> what my gut tells me if I travel the country. And so, yeah, you know, they, they're trying to create a divide, uh, but the fact is, you know, Christians, uh, let's face it, they, they've become asleep at the wheel, and the last thing the world needs is more sleepy Christians. That's right. Thessalonians 5 tells us we need to not be asleep, but be awake, because otherwise we're sitting ducks, you know, they're, they're coming after us. And I hate to sound so sensational, but, I mean, you've got the Bible telling us this is going to happen in yes. the latter days. You've got the anecdotal evidence all around this, and you mm-hmm. just read some of it. Uh, you know, when are people going to wake up and recognize that uh, as the world hates God, they're going to hate you? So we've got a quote from Oz Guinness recently uh, we posted. He said, In our day, it's considered worse to judge evil than to do evil. And isn't that a sad reflection 
of America, knowing how this nation began. Um, JB, we don't have enough time to unpack another uh, question here because we've got 30 seconds before we need to take a break. I'm just going to remind people to get out Romans 1, verses 16 through um, 32. Verses 16 through 32. Also, when we come back, we're going to go back to this article that gives us solutions. How can Christians respond to persecution in America? And we're also going to talk about JB's book, Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 2, and go back and dig a little bit into the cause of some of this, where it's coming from. And is the spirit of pride, the spirit of perversion, and also the spirit of pluralism, which we don't think a lot about, when it, but it's leading to apostasy. More on Stand Up for the Truth in just a minute. Five Talents Audio presents Witness Easter. Hosanna! Blood is he who comes in the name of the Lord. A dramatic retelling of the last chapters of Mark. Began to cast out those who sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. Best-selling narrator Steve Cook performs this very special one-man radio theater presentation. But speak what is given to you at that time, for it is not you who speaks, but the Holy Ghost. The story of Christ crucified. In the veil of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom and risen again you seek jesus of nazareth who was crucified he's risen he is not here witness easter gather your friends and loved ones for witness easter a dramatic retelling of passion week told directly from scripture 1 p.m and 5 p.m central time on good friday april 7th on q90 fm and q90fm.com your prayers and ongoing financial support keep our truth at any cost mission strong stand up for the truth.com david fiorazzo with mary danielson and jb hickson and before we continue i saw a meme some memes are good um and, and it said um Something about the transgender day of visibility, and it was a response to that from the average person saying, we see you, so visibility is not the issue. We just don't agree with you. Um, JB, in chapter 13 of your book, The Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 2, The Spirit of Perversion, we don't need to spend a lot of time there because we talked a little bit about it yesterday, and we've been, I mean, for decades trying to expose this. But there is now, they are making disciples, and they are recruiting, and they're recruiting children and in the public schools in part. But how do we understand better what the solutions are before we get to the actual biblical solutions as far as our culture? The gender surrender movement, I mean, this seemed to come out of nowhere, but it was a very gradual and just steady implementation of this uh, delusion, really. Yeah, I, I make the point very uh, clearly, and I think with, with you know tons of documented evidence uh, that this was a concerted effort that began back in the early 20th century as they set out intentionally to take over just about every institution in this country in an effort to bring it down. Remember, yeah. the Luciferians are trying to destroy America because it's the one country that's standing in the way of rolling out the, the new world order, the one world system. And so, uh, you know, what can we do? Well, first of all, get your kids out of public school. That's number one. Uh, you, you know, you're not going to be able to put a Band-Aid on this and fix it. It is so far gone, so far out of the control of even the good God-fearing Christian teachers that are trying to 
make a difference, and there are many of them out there, and we applaud them. Um, but it is, uh, it's just not going to happen. It, it is too far gone. I mean, you've got pornography being passed out to, you know, to third graders, second graders. You've got just sickening, you know, uh, transgender uh, presentations being, you know, happening. And uh, every time I bring this up, some Christian parent will email me and say, well, not in our school. Well, you, you're just not looking hard. Enough. Oh, boy. You may think it's not in your school. Trust me, mm-hmm. it's there because I understand from Charlotte Isserby and many others, the late Charlotte Isserby, how this works, and it's a top-down thing, and trust me, it is evil to the core. Uh, they knew that to destroy the family and to destroy America, they've got to take the kids away from their parents for eight hours a day, for thir- five days a week, for 13 years, and they set that in motion intentionally, and here we are several generations later, and we really shouldn't even be asking the question why. It's obvious why. Yeah. It's obvious how we got to where we are. So. That's number one. You've got to protect your kids uh, and stop subcontracting out the raising of our children to a pagan institution. Amen. And yes, the public schools are a pagan institution by their own definition. Yes. They say you can't talk about God in the schools. And so, uh, and, and then I think, uh, you know, people need to have honest conversations with their kids about this stuff. Unfortunately, it, it's, it's come up and you can't stick your head in the sand and ignore it because they're going to hear about it from somebody else. So you need to take them to the Word of God, explain the biblical design for uh, sexual relations and and, and what a beautiful thing that is, going back to Adam and Eve and and what's normal and natural and uh, part of the image of God and man and and so that they have a standard when they hear, and it's not just the schools, it's, you know, the media, it's Hollywood, it's it's billboards, it's everywhere you look. Yep they'll have a, a standard against which to reject it. So, JB, let's put a wrap on this and then move on to the numbers. Mary has some information from Open Doors and uh, World Watch. I, I, I want to say that we were somewhat, as a nation, caught off guard because we, as Christians, we expected persecution if it would come. It would be because of the exclusivity of the gospel and the name of Jesus being the only way to be, get saved, the only name. But it's it's different than what many of us even thought, because now they are rejecting God as creator, uh, God, marriage, family, and this these are the attacks now on gender, one man and one woman. So this is where the persecution is coming from, and a lot of us weren't ready for it. And so let's just wrap up this section. We'll go on to some of the numbers of the rise in anti-Christian sentiment. Yeah, so... Folks can check out spiritoftheantichrist.org, first of all, for those uh, books. And, yep. I, and I talk about you know, just all of this stuff that we're talking about. But you're right. I mean, the, the, the battle for the gospel was very quick mm-hmm. and swift. Yeah. And, yeah. and we lost that, you know, in evangelicalism some time ago when Satan, who 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says, is setting his, his crosshairs right on the gospel, blinding men's hearts to the gospel, I started uh, obliterating the gospel and preaching false gospels and you know, in, even conservatives preach a, a works-based gospel. I can't tell you how many evangelical leaders out there, many of whom I respect for some of the stand that they take on so many frontline issues, are out there suggesting that in order to get saved, you've got to make some kind of a commitment or promise to God, that you've got to bring something to the table, that you can't get something as valuable as eternal life for free, and yet that's exactly what the Bible says. Jesus paid it all. You know, He didn't pay some of it, he paid it all, and if we could somehow bargain our way into heaven by forsaking our sins or surrendering our lives or pledging allegiance or promising to be good, 
Jesus didn't have to suffer and die on the cross for our sin. Mm. If it's not grace, it's not free. And if it's not free, it's not grace. And so we need to get back to the purity and simplicity of the gospel. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they, they rolled out inclusivism, basically said, yeah, you know, your Jesus is fine for you, but frankly, you know, if, if you're a Buddhist or a Hindu or a New Ager, or you have, you know, your faith is in some other type of power, as long as you're sincere, uh, you'll get to heaven. All roads lead to heaven. And sadly, because Christians were ill-equipped from not hearing the Bible taught in their pulpits for so long, uh, they swallowed a hook, line, and sinker. So uh, that's really not the battle, as you correctly pointed out, David. The battle is going to be uh, for those who take a stand against you know, these, the gender surrender movement and some of these other uh, abhorrent uh, mm-hmm. sins that we see being normalized today. And celebrated, not just normalized, but celebrated. Yeah. They don't. It used to be we could just disagree and go to church. But now they want you to almost bow the knee at the altar. Mayor, um, we can move on. Yeah, okay. Um, I just wanted to add real quickly, you know, when the churches were forced to close during, uh, you know, the pandemic era there, that really caught me off guard. That had, I found myself thinking that was way too easy, you know, oh, we to, gave fa- in. to fall. Yeah, yeah, we gave in. And I, that was something that, uh, so everything today for me, uh, <laughs> is just so spot on. But I remember my response when they, when they said, well, you can only have 10 people in your church. And this was a Good Friday and Easter just a few years ago. Yep. Um, so it was right around this time. And I remember being surprised by that. So none of this should surprise us because the groundwork's been laid. But anyway. Well, well, I was a little flabbergasted that so many believers went along with the government line that the church is non-essential. Yeah. The yeah. church. The, anyway, we can. That's right. for a whole other podcast. We've talked yes. about that, Mary. Yes, we have. Okay, open so, doors. Open doors. <laughs> yes, because um, um, Christian persecution by the numbers. You talk about that in your uh, book here, the yep. Spirit of Antichrist, Volume Two. And so I went on line yesterday, and they released their 2023 numbers, and it says over 360 million Christians suffering persecution in the world. And Open Doors says here that one out of every seven Christians in the world suffers high levels of persecution and discrimination for our faith. So, you know, my, my little anecdote about closing the churches is nothing actually compared to what people are going through. And he says the numbers haven't changed substantially from the previous year. 2022 was the worst year for Christians worldwide. So we kind of reached a certain uh, plateau. We're still sitting there due to an intensifying level of violence. Uh, discrimination and exclusion, according to the latest World Watch list. Um, and Open Doors, of course, is a watchdog group that advocates for Christians. The first one on the list is North Korea. Um, uh, it says here, uh, North Korea appears again as the most hostile place for Christians to live due to the new law against reactionary thinking introduced in 2021. Reactionary thinking, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Would that it, be critical thinking? or uh, Possibly. <laughs> Uh, you know, contending for the faith. I don't know. It was introduced in 2021, which has led to an increase in arrest. They have no freedom of worship. If they're discovered practicing their faith, they face labor camps, if not death. Even own a, owning a Bible is a serious crime and will be severely punished. Then Af- Af- Afghanistan is in uh, uh, ninth position uh, due to the Taliban takeover uh, in August 2021. And we won't talk about the politics behind that, which has you know, uh, cause Christians to be persecuted. That's just uh, horrible. And then Nigeria is also because of Boko Haram. Uh, drastic increase in abductions of Christians. Mm. Um, 5,000 were concentrated in three countries, Nigeria, Mozambique, and the Congo. 
Um, and then India, of course, Myanmar has always been bad. And uh, finally, religious persecution against women. Um, thousands are victims of rape to shame their families and communities, forced marriages aimed at forced conversions. So a lot of our brethren are facing some very horrific day-to-day lives. And historically, they have for years. Yes. So, J.B., what did you uh, focus on in uh, that chapter on the spirit of persecution? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really it's almost embarrassing for us to be talking about the persecution mm-hmm. that is coming to America because we've been, for the most part, silent mm-hmm. as, as the Church uh, you know, about the persecution that's been happening for 2,000 years. But, you know, it started in the first century with, uh, you know, Peter and John, you know, right after the day of Pentecost being arrested. And, you know, of course, Paul was arrested many times and scourged and left for dead. And, and then all of the apostles gave their lives, uh, you know, ultimately for the cause of the faith. And so, and then for 2,000 years, we've been seeing it. Um, at North Korea, I think uh, it has been at the number one spot for something like 16 or 17 years, if I recall. Uh, and so it's no surprise there, but, um, so, you know, I think we, it's a both and, it's not an either or. We need to mm-hmm. pray for the persecuted church, pray for our brothers and sisters who are being tortured around the world in dark dungeons. Yet at the same time, we need to be prepared and pay attention to what's happening here. Uh, it's, it's in some ways, uh, a more passive persecution, um, you know, the government, at least at this point, hasn't turned its guns blatantly on all believers the way they do in North Korea or China or places like that. But uh, but still, it, it's coming, and we know from the Bible that, it, you know, when we get to the tribulation period, those that are left behind, who then come to faith through the great evangelistic harvest that happens after the rapture, are going to be targets. And so this is all just setting, uh, you know, setting the stage uh, for what's to come. So in this article, back to some of the solutions, how Christians can begin to respond when it happens here. Number one, we already alluded to, and that is love our enemies and pray for those who persecute you. JB, I confess I'm not as good at that one. Or uh, Loving our neighbor as ourselves, that's you know understandable and that's easier to do. But man, loving our enemies... Um, enemies of God and still maybe praying for their salvation that they would repent. Uh, I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, the most never forget the most loving thing a person can do uh, is to speak the truth, and, mm. and it is never the loving thing to do to perpetuate a lie. Mm. And so uh, you're right; we need to love them. But what is love? You know, we, love is not a feeling or an emotion. Uh, love is an action, and you know, Romans one thirty two makes it very clear. Uh, that those who approve of those who are practicing homosexuality are just as guilty as those who are doing it. And that's, that's, really, that's really hard for people to understand and maybe hard for some to hear, but those Christians who excuse, defend, or otherwise support the transgender movement, the gender surrender movement, as I call it, uh, or any other perversion of God's natural order of things, are as guilty as those who are doing them mm. themselves. So I think one response as we think about loving those who persecute us is to love them, you know, by speaking the truth. And, you know, one of the truths about this whole transgender movement is that these people, as scientific studies have shown, many of them, for example, there was a 2022 study out of Quebec, Canada, that uh, studied 3,100 16 to 25-year-olds wow. from 18 different colleges, and they, uh, of the, of the, 
2.5% of the respondents identified themselves as transgendered, which was the smallest group, which we're thankful for that. But what was amazing was that that group was also the one that had the highest likelihood of violent radicalization and uh, had you know, showed consistent signs of psychological distress mm. and, and risk of violence toward themselves and towards others. And that's the same study that has been shown again and again. There was one in Sweden uh, several years ago that showed specifically that female-to-male transgender people had the highest rates of violence, than higher rate of violence, than the control group. I mean, these people are unstable mentally and emotionally disturbed. In fact, if you go back 100 years, the you know diagnostic statistic manual uh, that secular humanistic psychologists use actually listed homosexuality as a mental disorder. In other words, even atheistic humanistic scientists and, and doctors thought at one point that this was you know a, a mental disorder because yep. it just should be self-evident. And so, people that have thinking errors and thinking disorders, of course, they're going to be more prone mm-hmm. to take up arms and kill innocent children. Mm-hmm. And especially when you have the, the female becoming the male, um, you know, I think women know how powerful hormones are. And now mm-hmm. you're putting a female brain, this person is a female, yeah. and you're giving mm-hmm. them hormones that wow. are completely opposite of what God intended. What could go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? So, JB, a couple more yeah. things on this list of uh, how we can respond, and I'll let you uh, discuss whatever one you want. I'll just go through several of them on this list. Be shrewd. Um, pray for our leaders to do what's right before God. Use the courts to fight for our rights. And it lists Acts chapter 25 when Paul uh, did this as a Roman citizen appealing to Caesar. And also, well, uh, just for those three, what does anything stand out to you? Yeah, I mean, I think there are opportunities in certain small uh, regions where we can make a difference through the the political system or the court system. But honestly, and I hate to sound so cynical, but, you know, having studied this stuff for so many years and seeing, you know, really the control mechanisms that the Luciferians have put in place, I think it's a, a, you know, long shot that we're going to somehow be able to, you know, stem the tide or turn it around at the ballot box, especially with digital vote tabulations, uh, you know, that's so easy for them to manipulate things. Yeah. But I think if you are in a region where you have confidence that your vote actually counts, then you absolutely should get out there and, and vote for godly people with a biblical worldview that can hopefully make a difference, you know, in their, in their region. Um, you know, as far as uh, the court systems, um, again, we've seen some victories recently. You mentioned the one, uh, the coach that uh, recently, finally, after a long battle, got seven years at the Supreme Court. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it, it's it's tough. You know, we, we have to persevere. You know, Paul said in Romans eight that we eagerly await the return of Christ and, and the perseverance, and mm-hmm. and uh, it's hmm. going to get harder to wait uh, the longer, you know, the closer we get to the return. But uh, but yeah, I think. Uh, you know, the problem is it costs a lot of money. You know, you have to you have to either get one of the you know a good Christian uh, attorney services out there that work pro bono, which is hard to get because there's so much of a need for it right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Or you have to have a lot of money yourselves. Um, but uh, I think prayer is, which you mentioned, is the biggest one. Not only praying for those who persecute us, but praying for God's help and protection and and guidance and. You know, God is in the miracle-working business. We've seen it in our family. You know, we've we've had some incredible stories that uh, we won't take the time to tell you now, but 
of just God's intervention as a result, direct result of prayer uh, to you know for my family, for my children, and for for our ministry. And so, you know, prayer works. And mm-hmm. People need to, to to get on their knees and seek the Lord uh, the same way the church did. You know, it's funny. Peter was in prison, and the church was praying in a prayer meeting in the living room of one of their houses for his release. And remember, the Lord supernaturally released him from prison. He goes and shows up at the door of this house where they were praying, knocks on the door, Rhoda answers. She's she's just so excited. She slams the door in his face and runs back in to tell everybody, hey, guess what? Peter's here. And they said, shut up, Rhoda. We're praying for Peter to be released. Go away. (laughs) Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, sometimes we just, uh, you know, we we forget the power of prayer, and uh, even when he's answering it in our Mm -hmm. midst. And so. Yeah, we just need to take this to the Lord. It's more than any one person can bear, honestly. And I hope that I haven't sounded too distressed or too negative, but it's really, it is hard to read this stuff and see what's happening in the news and not be discouraged. But let's remember who's in yeah. control, and that's our Lord. And, and let's remember what really we're impacted by, local elections. And there's that, remind you guys, there's yes. a big election in Wisconsin today, including the balance of the Supreme Court in Wisconsin. And Wisconsin, mm-hmm. as you know, is a swing state. But, J.B., we were having a conversation before we got on the air today about some believers still have the idea that politics is something that the church should have nothing to do with. We, could, we shouldn't have anything to do with running for office or school board, even at the local level, or being involved or standing up for what's right in our culture, speaking about an issue deemed, quote, political. And number six on this list of how Christians can respond. I want to get your response to this. Recover within your churches the understanding that Christ is the head of the church, not Caesar. So how do you balance that out? Amen. Yeah, I mean, first of all, anybody who thinks that the church should stay out of politics is ignorant and doesn't know American history, and they don't know their Bible. (laughs) I mean, that's just putting it bluntly. Thank you. Uh, Obviously, we absolutely should be standing in our pulpits and encouraging people to vote and not be afraid to tell people who to vote for. I mean, everyone has a right to vote, and I have the right to tell you who I'm voting for, and, and I have a right to recommend who I think you should vote for. And yeah. that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, uh, you know, it, this whole idea of separation of church and state has been thoroughly debunked. It's, it's not lie. what people think it is. Yep. And so, you know, I think people need to stop cowering in fear to the government and speak the truth. And so we do need to encourage people to, to run for, you know, local offices and make a difference in, in their municipal boards. My uh, sister uh, down in, uh, in Texas lives in a big community, and she recently got on the, the Mud District board, and she's just been you know, feeding me all kinds of stories of what's happened there. She just speaks <laughs> the truth, and, and they don't know quite what to do with her. But, uh, you know, we need more people like her. Yes. We need people that are willing to, to, to serve, and it, co- it costs. I mean, it, you have to really sacrifice a lot mm-hmm. to sit in a room with six other people on a board of seven and say what's uncomfortable, um, because speaking the truth has become so uncomfortable these days, you know. Um, but, yeah, I, I would completely agree with the sentiments in that, in that letter that we need to speak, preach it from the pulpit, urge people to get involved, run for office, yeah. and do what they can as we wait the Lord's return. Mm-hmm. I think, Mayor, I'll let you comment on this, but a better understanding of our rights in America and our 
headship under Christ and not under Caesar would have given us a little backbone when the government a few years ago said churches are non-essential, right. shut down, right. and you can only have this kind of worship. Well, the Bible says fear of man is a snare. And boy, if you think about that long enough, in this culture, if we are going to act wow. that way as though we fear our fellow man, it's a snare in so many ways. And getting our foot wrapped in that, that snare, is it's hard to walk that back. So mm-hmm. so we need to be bold. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Good Friday is this Friday. It was Amen. dark, but say Sunday Sunday's is the coming. resurrection. Sunday's coming. Amen. And so that is our hope. Um, and I think we need to remember that, uh, you know, don't fear those who can kill the body, mm. you know, but those who can throw body and soul in hell. So, so JB, there's also something yeah. that we don't like to talk a lot about. There is a cost mm-hmm. uh, as Christians, and we're starting to see a little bit of, some people are in, in America. Um, just your final thoughts. We've got three minutes left on, and just how it is worth it, how we are called mm-hmm. to be here for such a time as this. And we have a blessed hope and a living hope. Yeah, I mean, make no mistake, while there is no cost to us for eternal life, there is an extremely high cost for discipleship and for believers Mm. who should wake up every day and say, what can I give the Lord today? How can I serve Him? What's it going to cost me to serve Him today? And uh, we've really lost sight of the high cost of discipleship. But uh, going back to what Mary said uh, a moment ago, you know, not only is it fear, but I think another thing that motivates Christians is their blind love and allegiance to a political party. Mm. Because uh, the big elephant in the room here is that it was Donald Trump that told Christians they couldn't worship Jesus on Easter Sunday for the first time since mm. Constantine. And nobody likes to point that out, but that's who it was. And mm. so we need to not be uh, having allegiance for a man, like you said, Mary, that as the Word of God says, the fear of man is a snare. And it's not about you know, Republican or Democrat, it's about what does the Bible say. Mm-hmm. And we Amen. need to have the boldness to speak up, even when our conservative party that we, we align more closely with in terms of our philosophy does the wrong thing. We need to have the courage to speak up and do it and, and not do it. And next Tuesday, by the way, a week from today on the 11th at my next Prophecy Night in Denver, uh, which we have over 5,000 people that that touches through live stream, video, podcast, and in person there in the church. But I'm going to be addressing Romans 13 and the biblical, awesome. the true biblical interpretation of that passage and, and, and what, what it really means for believers. So people can hopefully uh, tune in for that. Awesome. J.B. Hickson, notbyworks.org. Thank you so much for speaking boldly and truthfully about these issues. We need to hear it, sometimes the hard truths, but uh, travel safe, enjoy your trip back, and we'll talk to you next time, brother. Thanks, guys. So Thank much. You. Appreciate it. All right. Happy Resurrection Week mm-hmm. as well. Um, okay, guys, I forgot to mention at the top of the podcast, and then there were two. Now we're down to Rhode Island and Connecticut, where we don't know if we have listeners there. Uh, we have not received any donations from there, but in all the other 48 states, we have So this is really interesting. So Maine just came through, two different people. Over the weekend, Utah came through, and then Rhode Island and Connecticut. If you know a Christian there, I know there there has to be Christians there. They're in every state. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we're just having some fun. Uh, Hopefully we'll hear from one or both of them. But tomorrow you will hear a replay broadcast of James Harden, uh, Compass Care Pregnancy Services outside of Rochester, New York. He's in Buffalo. Um, To my knowledge, they still have not... Uh, arrested a person of interest for bombing the Pro-Life Pregnancy Center there. Also, we'll get an update on, uh, let's see, Thursday. We're going to talk a little bit about um, Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry and Passover with Paul Scharf. 
And then on Friday, we've got Jonathan Brentner back. He's written some great articles over at Harbinger's Daily. You want to check those out? He's also got a brand new book coming. God bless you guys. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.